Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Uh With me this week is Jimbo Jones. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed, though. Um, Blake's not with us this week. Um, no. Currently... I, I, Currently high as a kite in a hospital bed after an ankle surgery. Oh, is that the is that the, the reason he gave you? He told me he, this was he was just protesting the amount of red cards that was occurring in the Super Rugby right now, and he was just so off it and furious. He just didn't want to turn up today. Yeah, needs a week off. No, uh, so well, yeah, your, your sounds more accurate. Actually, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, try, I can't believe he tried to give you a shitty story about being in a hospital. Oh, Mate, gosh, I've got to mute him. I've got to mute him on the WhatsApp chats, man. Just whenever there's a rugby game on and there's a red card, I've got to put his chats on mute, mute for 24, and I'll deal with it later. Oh, well, it's just, at least, he, at least uh, um, he messages you, mate. I think he knows my, my yarn about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, enough about that other, that other guy who's part of our trio. Uh, let's talk some rugby. I think it'd be really easy to come on here and, and, and uh, take some pot shots at the players and talk about how sh- shit some of the games are, but I don't want to do that. Let's, let's stay a bit positive. There were also some good footy played this weekend, and um, I think the, the game of the round um, was probably from an Aussie point of view, the, the Reds and the Brumbies. Reds were outstanding at times, and um, Brumbies uh, didn't show up in that second half. But also the Chiefs and Hurricanes were also uh, was an awesome game, um, Chiefs one by one. But I was thinking, what about uh, who, who were the players across the whole of the game? Because we're a day late today. Who were some of the players that stood out this week for you in the, in the teams? Yeah, look, we're a day late and a dollar short. Um, but <clears throat> with this Reds and Brumbies one, like we knew they were heading to camp, of which all the boys are at camp right now, which just seeing them on the socials, man, they just look like they're having it. Such a good time, and I can't help but get behind them at the same time. Like I love seeing them all hanging out together, getting on, because it's a glimmer of hope that they're going to get their shit together this year and have a great international season. You know what? It disappoints me, man. It infuriates me because I agree. It actually, it looks like they actually like each other and actually might play well. Uh, Blake's not here, so I feel like we can say it. They're uh, they're building a bit of a culture there, which is obviously. Um, is shit news for England. Um, so yeah, I'm disappointed with the level of harmony that seems to be occurring in camp at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? My understanding of culture and, and team is that that sort of good time play can be really, really efficient and, and work really well for the group, group, group of people, group of the team, if your leader, so Dave Rennie in this case, is an absolute no-nonsense person. Like just there's no bullshit and the line stops with me, which isn't my character, right? I'm all about the good times and the lulls. So that sort of setup would not hang work. On, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you seriously <coughs> trying to pull off the word lulls? Yeah, I run it all the time. You're just hearing it for the first. <laughs> but um, like I, I'm the dude behind the sheet scaring the players, you know? And if your leader's doing that, it's not going to bode well for when, how serious can you be in the crunch time? Look, we're getting off point here, but I love seeing them together. They're having a great time. In terms of who was the standout sort of place, particularly with our nominated game of the week, I think Paisami most certainly put his hand up. I think Patea looks very, very much so up to it, as up to it as he's ever been. Mm. And I think O'Connor is just the clear favourite. Like, they, Lolaseo didn't play. I saw him at camp, but O'Connor, it, it's... It's night and day between him and the next person in that in that jersey. I just uh, I agree with your your points there, but Jordan Pattaya is one of the most frustrating players for me because he has moments of just 
brilliance. And then he just does something ridiculously poor and just has so many, has a flaw in his game. But I know he's so young. When he eradicates that, he's going to be outstanding. And I know we, we swing on him one week. And last week I was saying he's playing really poorly. But he just has that such untapped potential. I just, I just want more from him. Because you're right, he has such good moments, but then he just drops the ball in a simple two-on-one situation. Yeah. Um, talking about that, go back to the, the 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 camp there. How would you feel if you're Nick White? You rock up that day. Do you, do you, do you mention it? Do you go, yeah, Hunter, you got me real good. You actually hurt me. Like, of course. I, I, I was hanging, hanging on to you for a hug to say the world could pretend that I wasn't that injured. Or, or do you just try, do you just move on from it? What, do you, what would you do? Would you mention it or not? Uh, of course. Of course, you mentioned it day one. Because it's the talk of the town. It's in all the show- socials. Yeah. Um, and you just make light of it. And, and look, that's that's Paisami's game. Mm. But, uh, you know, with the big hits, that's awesome to see. As a fan, it's great. Mm. Um, legal hits. Legal, legal hits. Mm. Great as a fan. You know, we love mm. the narrative. We love to see it. But sometimes it can work against you. And, and, and as great as it is, I, I wonder with Paisami, because when you are that committed to tackling one and one player only, um, it, there are room for exposure. You can expose that in a regard because he lines it up from an, from a mile away. hundred oh, percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the problem is you're either a hero or a zero because if you make the hit, everyone goes, that's outstanding. Or you get idiots like me coming on here. If the quick inside ball or the rap does, works better and it, the, he leaves a massive hole in behind him, which the team can then go through from the dog leg defense. So you are a hero or a zero. And um I love it when it comes off, but he's still a liability because of it at times as well. Yeah. Uh, but the tale of this game, it really was a tale of two halves. Like the mm-hmm. first half, the Brumbies were all about it. Good to see Clarkie cross, cross the chalk. Yeah. Um, but Do you think he could do a job for the Tars? Don't you think? Yeah. I, I, I question his departure from that club as well and, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think he's going to ever get a permanent spot in that Brumbies no. fix-up. There's just no. no room for him, mate. No. No, I agree. And that's the reason why I think it'd be nice for him to be back in that Tars team or one of the other franchises because he's got clearly got potential. You know, uh, you know, he showed it in the sevens system. So it's a shame he's not playing more. Like, you look at all the all-black teams, so many of the sevens players make such a good transition into the 15 side. And um, he's definitely, you're right, he's not playing in that front of Well, he's not quick enough. You know, no. he might be a very quick player. He's not quick enough. He's not got the build that breaks tackles. He's just mm. Mr. Consistent. Which mm. is what that tar team has been made up of. Mm. Just dudes who show up and there's no X factor in a majority of them. Um, but they just they just show up. They'll mm. they'll do and hit the stat lines, but never really bust through. Mm. But outside of that, like the, it was pretty disappointing to see the Brumbies fall from Grace here in the second half. And I know they're on the road and the Reds are a physical side and you know, this is a bit tit for tat. I do like the tale where two years ago Brumbies won the both games. Last year Reds won both games. Now it's one apiece. Um, who's the better team? We we don't really know. Mm. Um, but, but I think I think what was what um, Brumbies are fantastic when they're in control of the game, and but when chaos and broken field occurs. Or they're going backwards. The other team, in this case, the Reds. That's when they thrive, and it just meant in the in the second half, the Brumbies couldn't um, arrest what was going on, and they couldn't get their set piece back, and they couldn't keep hold of the ball for long enough. Uh, and the Reds showed it was a complete clash of styles, and the Reds showed that elusive um, brand, which is exciting to watch. And um, and I think that was that was what changed in that second half. Just it is, yeah. Um, but you know what? Moving forward for the Brumbies, they know it's something that they can they can control. 
or try and improve on. Um, but if they do play in a finals game later on in the series, that's a great game to watch. It was, had that test match intensity. You know, I think everyone played um, upper level, particularly in that first half. So, um, um, and a few players stood up, like Lonegren straight up, uh, stood up. I thought he did well. Uh, Valentini in the first half, you know, um, good contact meters, went a bit missing in the second half, but even the two second race for the Brumbies played well. So there's a lot of positives to the Brumbies, but just, yeah, fizzled out in that second half, lost control. Yeah, I think we were really exposed in the kicking duel. You know, Mon mm. went off after nine minutes with an injury. They had to readjust and mm. restructure. So that's their third string fullback in this, in a sense, with Banks being injured. Mm. Um, so they really did lose in the kicking game. Mm. And Iona, who's stepping in at 10 there, you know, doesn't have a massive boot on him. And I think a bit of pressure was placed on his shoulders that he struggled to deal with. So just that sort of firepower, it just never really came for him. But credit to the Reds, you know, getting through, getting it done. Um, um, yeah, because you know what, talking about the 10, uh, Iona, we talk about the Brumbies as the best team to just slot into because the structures that were in place. But maybe we're just doing a disservice to the players out there because you're right. When old Rodney was under pressure, he didn't exactly fold. I wouldn't say that, but he didn't flourish in the system or didn't use the the, the regular support systems. The getting the forwards to get over the over the game. I mean, he, he didn't shine, and maybe that's showing that Lovasio is actually better than what we anticipate him to be, or what yeah. not we anticipate what he actually is. You know, that's um, right. But the, the the story should be about the Reds because I thought again, Fraser McWright, talking about players of the round. You know, for me. Um, I think Fraser McWright continues to build a, a body of work to show that he is he is up there with those best sevens in the competition right now. That's right. Most certainly. Most certainly a future for that dude. I just, he doesn't make it, mate. No, you not know? in the Wallaby team. No, he doesn't. No. You don't make it. And, no. and you know, he'll start looking inward. We're like, well, what kind of career do I want? What's my aspirations here? You know, the clock's ticking over. I'm playing great mm. rugby for the Reds. Like, I hate to say it out loud, but... It's it's just the realistic option. Mm. Uh, we're, we're staying positive. Great player, man. I hope he dons a gold at some point because he's worked his ass off for it. Mm. And uh, you're right, though. It's just that position where there's uh, Australia have always had and do have at the moment in time some outstanding back row players, and particularly in that seven shirt. And, and switching games slightly, it was just awesome to have Michael Hooper back. It's like he was never away. That man does not stop, irrespective of whether it's an international game or a super rugby game. He is just an amazing athlete and human, I think, as well. Because when you talked about Rennie being the leader, I think he plays a big role in that leadership team as well. Yeah, he's um, got coach vibes in him, Hooper. Coach yeah. vibes. Post-career, interesting to see what he wants to do. Like, God, he's played enough rugby. He might just want to sit on his ass for the next 10 years. I, but, I, feel, um, like, I feel like with his work ethic, man, I just feel like he'd be bored. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. He'd drive his wife absolutely crazy. Yeah, just, one of those ones. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, a couple of other positives ones in this game. I thought I talked about Blythe not having a great game, a great season so far, but I think that was one of his best games, Angus Blythe. Um, more defence was good against the Brumbies, got through the middle a few times. He, uh, I, thought, I thought he played well. Um, and also just that, as you said, 9-10, McDermott, O'Connor, O'Connor uh, did well in that game as well. And, and Tupo, other than the idiocy that he was for tripping and will get banned for it, um, he continues to shine in a red jersey. And for a Wallaby fan, that must be exciting, surely, with Tupo, Valentini, Bell, Paisami or Parisi or Karevi or whoever it is. You know, you got a lot of Harris or Wilson, Hooper. You've got a lot of ball carriers now. 100%. On paper, mate, it's outstanding. Mm. Like you, you read those names out and you genuinely get very excited about the prospect of what could actually occur. I don't. And no, of course not. 
But um, but it, it, you know, all it takes is a punch in the mouth, and everyone's shattered. Everyone's going shit. It's what do we do? It's not working. We're not getting the ad line, you know. And no, that, that punch was, in the mouth does come from us. Uh, that was the NRL, the punch in the mouth, wasn't it? Or is that are we talking separate things? I'm I'm talking to the Mike Tyson quote. You know? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm joking, man. I, oh, I was right. just trying to segue into NRL being. A, that was an uh, elbow. That was an elbow. Oh, it was an elbow. Yeah. Uh, was there a punch up as well between two players outside a bar, allegedly as well? Yeah. The, yeah. The Bronco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, boys be boys. They just thought about. They're all friends at the end of the day. Mm, definitely not <laughs> definitely not uh, anyway um but yeah you do you know and even like you pointed it out earlier even those big ball carriers we have a chronic issue um with ball retention mm. and you know when it when they do the the juxtaposition of the kiwi derbies into the aussie derbies it's it's as evident as ever and i was talking to you off off record before just how much about how much i'm loving watching the kiwi games excuse me where we have an off off the record conversation you know not allowed to bring it on the record jim what are you doing i'm bringing it on the record <laughs> that's just, that's, this is outrageous. how much how much i love watching the kiwi games and then the aussie games you know and i feel back and see blake fucking turning in his hospital bed as i say the, the aussie games i'm just you know my interest is waning it comes in and then it goes and it comes back and then it goes it doesn't have me on the edge of the seat like it used to um, and, you know, I feel a little guilty about that, but I just am loving the Kiwi derbies here. Yeah. I, I just think it's um, – I think it's also probably because you have less of a dog in the fight within those Kiwi games. So the intensity level is up and the sense of tribalism between the two teams seems to be higher and maybe that's purely conjecturous and I have no evidence to support that other than just watching. But the quality is be better. The intensity seems to be better. The, the atmosphere seems to be better. And as such, the product seems to be a bit better. But yep. we're not being we're not being too pessimistic because as a Tars no. fan, as a Tars fan, we're winning games. We're in the Red Brumbies exactly. game. It was it it was a tough. It was a um, a tough, intense game that it was, and um, and obviously the good thing about it was the force and the Rebels didn't play this week. But, but that was Blake's comment, not mine. Yeah, that was he just texted that through, did he? Yeah. But yeah. even in the, the the Crusaders and Highlanders, when just stay under the comparison of the games, like. I think the real thing that's going on is that the Kiwis just don't commit to the rock like the Australians. Oh, do, no. Right? I agree. How hard they just don't. And it's something they've been doing for, for a while. This isn't new information to anyone. No. But fuck, it makes for a great spectacle. And yeah. when they apply that on the international stage, it, it tends to hold up. Uh, I see. I disagree to a point. Like, and I know we talked about this a few podcasts ago. I, my still, my my concern is is that oh, nice. It's probably not a concern in the Super Rugby. It doesn't really matter. I know that's such sacrilege to say that if you actually lose. So you learn your craft of offloads, going wide, not committing at the break, fast. You know, gameplay. So when you take it to international level, you have those skill sets. When you have that very limited opportunity to be able to score, and uh, New Zealand are electric on the break. They know that. My my concern is that international rugby, particularly against Northern Hemisphere teams, is still won or lost at the breakdown because the ball is slowed down a lot. And I'm not saying New Zealand are not going to win the World Cup because they still might and they are still one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. But I do feel that not having that intensity at the breakdown um, uh, regularly is could actually uh, lead to them to performing not as well at the international level. Yeah. But that so, could be pie in the sky too as well. Of course, everything we say is pie in the sky. And you talk about games being won or lost at the breakdown, breakdown. Yeah, that's some team's model. Oh. I think with Australia, games can oh. tend to be won or lost at the scrum 
We mm. put a lot of weight on our ability to hold our own oh, space. I feel like the style in which the, the Kiwis are running is the game's one on lost on the restarts. Yeah. If you don't have a good exit strategy and can't execute that, you can yeah. find yourself in a lot of trouble. And every yeah. Kiwi tree running around right now should and does have a lot of confidence for their ability to score. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? You're right. That restart and exit from your 22 is so important. You know, oh. restart restart from an attacking point of view to try and reclaim it, but also, you know, to exit or collection of a restart. And it's just so important. They're, and, there, and there's so many um, options and alternatives oh. and scenarios that can occur from a restart. You just could get a red, you could get a yellow, you could get a knock on, you get a penalty, you get like a turner, anything. Like it's just yeah. free game. But I liked the fact then, I know you could jump into the Tars and you sound being biased, but they used to do it with old Izzy Falau a few years ago and the Wallabies used to do it. But I liked it, was it last week when old Marky Mark was on and they they started to do that short little chip down the centre of the pitch mm. um, and with and he, he was getting up in the claiming. I like when they showed a bit of variety from the attacking team. Too many times it's the restart is kicked down into the corner, the guy takes the catch, he passes it out to the 10 and the 10 clears it. I feel like a, a team that shows variance and a bit of uniqueness is is such a uh, such an advantage. And I think teams, in an, from an attacking point of view, because I agree, it could be yellows, reds, etc. I think, I don't know, as the World Cup, we build towards World Cup and finals footy, um, I think we'll show much more variation from the restarts, don't you think? Yeah, and, I, and I'd love to do it as well because just to finish your narrative of clear it out, there's a line out on the 40, mm. two, two phases later there's a Gary Owen, Gary Owen's received. Mm. Like teams are playing for a penalty, which is a sound tactic that works. Yeah, no, and Undeniably, it works, mm. but it creates a holding pattern in the yeah. sport. And I think the Kiwi teams make a conscious effort to break out of that holding pattern. Yeah. I think uh, also the kicking, though, it, it, sensible kicking is always an option because the kicking jewels end up opening up space. And for good team, good Kiwi teams, they find space and they they froth on open play. But it's the aimless kicking that's the problem. So I yeah. agree completely. Yeah. Uh, um, talking to those games, though, look, let's be honest, you know, Highlanders very narrowly um, obviously didn't, you know, 17-14 against the Crusaders. I don't think any of us anticipated it to be uh, to be that close and for a long period of time without scoring. And then the Canes... Long period. Yeah, and then the Canes um, uh, Chiefs gave, you know, obviously um, we thought the Chiefs were a bit home and hosed and then uh, and obviously then the Canes came back with a bit of a uh, tail wind between the wind beneath their wings or the That's sail. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously come back. So, look, great games to watch. Um, great games. Great obviously. games. Stand out for those teams, just for me, is the 13 for the Crusaders is the real fucking deal, and we should be a little scared about that. Right, you, I'm, I'm pretty scared of, let's be honest, pretty much 1 to 15 of the Crusaders. Yeah, <laughs> he's the real deal. He's a very hard man to tackle by the look of it. Yeah, no, um, completely. And then, look, it's the same characters for this Chiefs-Hurricanes, like Artie Sabe single-handedly just decided to keep the Hurricanes in the game. Mm. We're seeing Soa Kula, my favourite player at the moment, playing lights out. Um, lights out, yes. lights out, right? And, mm. and it's, it's just talent through the wazoo. The other narrative of this round is uh, two teams playing each other twice in five days. What a bizarre turn of events! Yeah, it's just if you just feel for them. It's not, it's not like the Blues are like the best team in New Zealand potentially. Oh, wait, they are, and you yeah, play them twice. Oh, shit. yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. yeah. 
Um, and do you know what? But they're holding their own. And I actually, Blake won't like me saying this, but the Pacific or whatever the situation is, in terms of we don't know what it looks like when teams are going you know, to travel or not travel, I reckon Pacifica could hold their own against a, a force and a rebels a lot better than what Drew could at the moment. There's a lot of talent in that Pacifica team, don't you think? And they've got every right to have the self-belief. They've deserved punters to question. Oh, yeah, right? I, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that go, but their season's not even remotely done, mm. you know? Yeah, no. Talking about uh, teams that are seasons not remotely done is the Wallabies, and the Wallaby fixture list got, and the Wallaroos fixture list got uh, revealed today. Yeah. Uh, I want to know your one word, Jim. This is hard for you, I know, one word. What is the one word that comes to mind when you think of game three of England versus Australia? The game could be on the line being played at the SCG. <laughs> yeah, look, I, disclaimer, word, I, knew, I knew it was hard. Word, Jim. I can't see it, man. I can't <laughs> see. Who's that? I won't be. It's it's horrible to watch the rugby on um, at the SCG on TV, let alone at the stadium. But we're on borrowed time here, right? Yes. Like this stadium next year, we won't be in this position? No. Yeah, so you know, fingers crossed. Who knows what can happen in construction? Am I right? But, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but look, hopefully this is over. I just can't believe they didn't hit the table and try and get a Bank West event because that's a lights out stadium. I love that place. Oh, or honor the contract. Get mate, get the get the rose down to Leichhardt. Stack oh, it out. Can mate, you imagine that, that? That would be outstanding. That would be outstanding. They, they'd make no money from it, which is what it's all about. But that would be outstanding. The it crowd, is. the hill. Oh my gosh! I wouldn't be out. Of, I, I wouldn't get out of the stadium alive if they saw I was an England fan. But that'd be a, that'd be awesome. Um, now, you would after a three nil defeat cemented at Leichhardt, you'd be allowed out. Oh, is, 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 that, is that is that where you go, mate? That's where it's going. Is that where you're projecting three nil already? I, yeah, hear, I, I see. Dave Rennie's throwing out some uh, some shade today. A bit of a bit of chat. Are you, are you starting the trash talk already on the mind games, Jim? You got to. It's a couple of months out. I wanted to ask you, what is the what's what are they what's what are they aiming to achieve at this little meetup midweek? I mean, all the Super Rugby teams are playing this weekend. They've taken two days out to have the Wallaby squad come meet each other, grab their ASICs, have a taste of the new Cadbury chocolate and that shit. That's what they're doing. What is the point of this meetup? Is it just to flash some cash and fancy brands in front of them so they feel like they've achieved something? No, I think they they they'd acquired a book. Um, called All About Culture and Ownership, and they wanted to make sure that they had a reading circle to ensure that they all came together and be on the same page for the international season. Right. Um, did you know that? <laughs> I did know that. I was there, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you look at it, mate. They're all getting MJ Bale suits signed um, up. They're getting ASICs trainers and runners. They're all sitting around getting a lecture on the new Cabri line that's coming out. Like, it's just, like, what, what? what's the point of this? Is this just a dangle and make them feel like hey you've you've achieved something here's all this fancy shit no, well done is. no it, it is it is and it's going to come back to that thing which we talk about a lot but it is about just creating that that sense of community a sense of cohesion just bringing it together just you haven't seen it you know you've been hitting the shit out of each other for the last few weeks let's come back together and let's go through a few things and because the problem is one of the biggest things about that England complain about is the international window and suddenly you only have a very short time frame before you play that first game and you're never ready for it. Now, I understand that it's many months away before that first game, but at least if it's a review of the things that you're doing, uh, 
and, and work those patterns because we know that those combinations, whether it's the two second rows or whether it's the halfbacks or whether it's the back three, even if in some form of training, the more repetitions you can get the practice, I think the better. However, there is a lot of chocolate tasting going on as well and a lot of handshaking, uh, prepar- uh, preparation work for potentially, uh, um, obviously, the tournament that's coming up or the, the game that's coming up. But, yeah, there's a lot of just chat as well. Sit down yeah. Yeah, see, my read onto it was obviously flash the fancy shit, get them interested, get them keen. But much like you and I were chatting off record before we push record. What are you doing, man? Just, <laughs> just, come on, seriously. What's the point of off record? Eh? Yeah, exactly. But um, you know how you hit that mid, mid-season mid lull where you're like, all right, the narratives of the season are established. Yeah, We've, we've commented on it. Things have been said. I, I imagine players fall into a similar rut where, you know, they're eight rounds in. They're used to a structure. Their bodies are hurting. You know, I think it's natural for anyone to be less motivated nine rounds in than they were at the start of the season. I just think that's a natural occurrence of human. And no, this might be... This, not on this podcast, mate. Not we on this are, podcast? We are motivated every Where's week, Blake, mate? mate? Where's Blake? All right. We are motivated <laughs> every week, man. Uh, I won't be here next week. I told you that. <laughs> but it doesn't I'm, I'm motivated every week. You are. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I reckon it must also serve to motivate these players to get them like, here's the common goal, mate. This is why we're showing up. This is why we're doing our stretches and eating Mm. our proteins. It's got to be that in some capacities. If Dave Rennie's not jumping up there on the mic and just giving the most motivational speech you've ever heard. Oh, mate, he's not even on a mic, mate. He's got everybody around him. Everyone's sat any given Sunday star. They're all sat in a locker room, bent get down, the guitar. worried about it, getting get the, oh, and just having a yarn. And everyone's just screaming afterwards and running out and training. That's yeah. what I envisage that Wallaby camp to be like. Yeah. Um, it's pure culture, isn't it? I know we're banned that way, but that is <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, Blake's not here, man. He can do what we no. want. Yeah? He doesn't control us. No, he uh, doesn't. Uh, uh, talking about things that are... That are positive though. Um, it's super encouraging to see that the the Wallaroos have got two two games coming up as well in preparation for the World Cup that's coming on later on this year, uh, which is just, I think is super important. Those Wallaroos play, you know, they're playing um, in Queensland against Fiji, and the Fiji and Juror and the Super W have been amazing. And congrats for being breaking that Tars record for the twenty odd games, and then playing Japan as well. So. I think it's important that we notice that not only the Wallabies, but also the Wallaroos have got those tests coming up. And um, it's good for them because, as we said before, the more coverage they can get, um, hopefully they'll they'll win the rights for the Rugby World Cup, for the Women's World Cup in a few years' time as well. They're like the preferred bidder. So uh, but hopefully the game will continue to grow. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on this because... Oh, that's, that's it, a change, it, man. <laughs> because the, the Wallaroos product has never been one that's gotten much attention. Like yeah. the Super W right now is is getting the coverage. Mm. Stan Sport are doing a great job. Like it's featuring in articles. There's Twitter conversations about it. Like it's getting some really, really good engagement. Mm. And the Wallerish just never have really elevated to that sort of level. Right. And you think the success of one would breed the success of other. And I think this is the case. I think we can really build a women's world cup that people tune into that generates engagement and, and gets players the younger generation interested in participating in and taking those opportunities to the level in which um the the sevens is there's absolutely no reason um you're right it just needs time and unfortunately finances which if more money can be pumped into the women's game the better um you know better training facilities uh, better coaching pathways better player pathways will 
you know, they're the big ticket items that are going to increase the quality. But it goes back to if we can have a World Cup, the Women's World Cup in Australia, you know, it's in New Zealand next uh, later on this year, and then in, in Australia in a few years' time, it's only going awesome. to get it's only going to get better. And you've seen it. England women have got better after being made, you know, after being becoming professionals and having all those things increase. So. The products only didn't get better. So awesome that the, the Wallaroos announced that information today. Yeah, um, it is. And and what else? The concern that pops up is we see the sevens players who no longer make the circuit um, sort of jump to these uh, rugby league clubs, right? Yeah. And and actually play quite well. And, mm. you know, because they are just very, very talented athletes. But mm-hmm. having another option available to them uh, would be would be great. So I'm really rooting for the success of this because it'd be awesome, and I think the Wallaroos that will be challenged with mm. the uh, with the with the Fijian national team. Couldn't tell you what Japan's like, but I think it's going to be a challenge. No, and do you know what? That can I just say just the segue from Fiji. I don't know much about Japan either. I apologise, but uh, the Fijian Drua team they play some good rugby, man. If you're watching that Super Super W competition, that, yeah. that Drua team play some shit hot rugby. You know. But not only the, all the skills as you are stereotypical, but they've actually got set piece and stuff. So you know, they're well drilled. Yeah, yeah, they're well drilled, man. Um, so yeah, it's lots of real, lots of um, lots of positives for the women at the moment. Awesome. Um, uh, I wanted to bring something to your attention. I wanted to get your thoughts on the quokka, the Australian quokkas when playing in Perth. That's definitely an April Fool's joke, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you sucked in. <laughs> We've had this. We've had this conversation off the record, man, already about about trying to embarrass me in front of our viewers. What are you doing, our listeners? No, look, I don't know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what the funniest one was? I'm only joking. The funniest was someone tweeted the fact that we got a brand deal. That was also funny too. But if anyone wants to, make, uh, you know, sponsor us by all means, uh, make contact with James via our uh, Instagram page. To let us know. Uh, but yeah, that quack as well was funny. That was funny. Um, a couple of other things. You see Corabete um, firms this potential Gitto law pick. Are you surprised by that? Say again, sorry? Corabete uh, is firming up as one of the Gitto law picks as uh, to try and get out of his Japanese club deal. What is you? this the Gitto law pick or is it the three players were allowed to just steal? I think it was a Gitto law pick, I believe. Mate, there's space for him. I can't speak to his form right now. But um, he played a very, very, very valuable role for us for a considerable number of years mm. and could be the sole man responsible for what has been a very, very steep decline of the Melbourne Rebels. <laughs> that is, that's, 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 that's a big, big um, thing to pin on one bloke, mate. Who <laughs> wasn't even there. No, I know. Well, it's either him or Tamua. Which one's nicer? I reckon the one I would. <laughs> it's just, I, it's just, let, let's go with that, sure. Corabete, we're blaming you because you were the better rugby player. Yeah, you left and went and um, you you owed yourself a shitload of money, made your career better, looked after your family better, but we're still blaming you for making the Melbourne Rebel shit. Can we just confirm that? And very welcome back. If he's half half the player he was when he left, Mm. that's awesome because we can design set plays, particular plays that absolutely suit his dominant style of play, Mm. his, his ability to break the tackle, his lightning next pace. His mm. aggression in defense, like there's, um, there's, we can we can work with that. Mm. What Exciting. did you? I uh, know, and he. Oh, I love watching Corabete play rugby. He's he's uh, his straight running, his ability to finish. Um, he's just second to none in in Australia at the moment. So I know he's not in here, but um, he'd be a huge asset. So from an England point of view, hope he doesn't play. You know, um, if I'm honest. 
What are you, yeah, watch this space. It's, it's got to be careful about not getting carried away with that. Yeah, no, that's no, true. I also saw uh, that uh, Vunivalu might actually be playing playing soon. Did you see that? Man, I hope so. Is this is the biggest money down the drain as I've ever seen? <laughs> yeah, is it not? It is. It's what it is. I like one more minute I hear it, he wants to go back to NRL and then he's not, and then he is, and then he's not. Like, I don't know, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Look, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but God, I'd love to see him don a jersey, consistent game time, and see what he can bring. Mm. Which which would be great. He was so he was so dominant in that Melbourne Storm team. As Corabetti was, right? Yeah. Um, it, it would just be great to actually get him on the field consistently playing, getting his confidence up so we can unlock him in a year's time. Oh, it'd be from an Australian point of view, yeah. Could you imagine go back to Melbourne storm days of Bunivalo on one wing and Corabete on the other wing and then having a pullback? I think it's almost too late for him, if I'm honest with you. It's too late. Yeah, probably. In terms of World Cup, like you just can't play a season of Super Rugby and then go to the bright lights of Stade Francais. I reckon you can. I don't reckon you can. You can't go from Leichhardt to the Parisian capital. Similar, bit, I hear. I, I, hear sim- I, hear, I, hear, I hear they're similar. <laughs> yeah? yeah? I've never yeah. been to that stadium. You've been to that stadium? The one in uh, Leichhardt? No. <laughs> I've been to that one. <laughs> I actually watched a gridiron game there. Did you really? I did, yeah. yeah. No, to the one you were talking about, no, I also haven't. No, I haven't been to it. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that goes back to that idea of coming together as a group. I think you have to play together. To be successful at World Cup, those short-term fixes never work. You know, Sam yeah. Burgess, Sam Burgess was the was many, many reasons, but Sam Burgess Mate, was, the, was the was the prime example of that. Yeah. Um, Shall we project to next week? Yeah, let's go for it. Do it. Or this week. Yeah, or this week. That's right. So Highlanders on the Pacifica look a pretty big line here. It's 19.5 with a clear Highlanders win. I think the way they played on Saturday, probably deserving of this. Pacifica, no doubt you're tired, mate. Yeah, I, after two games in a, in a week or in five days, yeah, I'd, I'd actually still take the Highlanders at 19 and a half, I think. Yeah, yeah, you got to be. They, they'd be Blake after ankle surgery showing up to this game, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. But uh, he did text me and he reckons it's going to be a draw. Did he? Yeah. He's put his tips in. Well, I, he hasn't put him in yet. Maybe he's a bit delusional. He is a bit. gambler. <laughs> he is, he is, yeah. We tell him he has a problem. Um, what about next one, mate? What's the next line? Look, this is the Force and Rebels, a line 7.5 um, for a Western Force win. Um, this is going to be in Perth, so, you know, you've got to count for the third leg, but Rebels could be an upset here. That's some decent cash. You say it Force by seven and a half? Yeah. I just have this feeling, like, uh, the the the... The sensible part of me says, um, you know, the Force have a chance to win that by more than seven and a half. But I just feel like the Rebels are just going to, they have to win one game. Like, they've had a week off. They've had time to prepare. So I'm going to go, no, it won't be forced by seven and a half. I'd take the Rebels back. And I'm the same. I'm the Rebels here for the victory, not just under the seven. Yeah. I reckon the Rebels could pip them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Canes and Crusaders, no easy weeks. But if you yeah. look at this, mate, this is another 7.5, but you've got $4, $4 for a Hurricanes win with a $1.23 for a Crusaders win. So small line, but, man, there's big dollars on that. Yeah, it's huge dollars. Um, I don't know what. 
I'm still going Crusaders to win. Oh, you won't see me tip against him, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> but here's my game of the round, my friend. Here's my game of the round. Chiefs Blues on the Saturday. Um, 1.5 the line and 20 cents splitting them. That is actually, I reckon, that, I don't know who put go out on a limb here, Jimbo Jones. Dude, I don't think this is game of the round. I think this is game of the season. Game of the season? So far. So <laughs> yeah, look, I'm I'm pumped for this one for a number of reasons. I think I think the Chiefs are the real deal. I think the Blues are the real deal. I think the Crusaders are the real deal. Uh, it's probably as close as it's ever been. Crusaders so basically, have always been a lot. So yeah. basically, you're saying the only ones that are not a real deal are the Highlanders who haven't won a game and Moana Pacifica who have who won one game. They're the can, only teams in the New Zealand Conference who are not the real deal. Yeah, can confirm not the real deal, but we'll still watch them. Yeah, and, the, absolutely. and and the canes and the canes. Yeah, no, true. Cool canes. Um, uh, but look, I reckon Blues. They're going to be Blake sitting on his hospital bed coming to this after two two games last week. Uh-huh. Do you reckon he'll think, show up? Do you reckon he'll show up, Blake, for our podcast next week? Well, you're not showing up next week. Oh, yeah. yeah, he will. He'll be here. Oh, okay, that's all right. He'll be here. Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited by this game actually as well. Drua versus Brumbies up at Suncorp. Um, I actually think that the Brumbies... Hey, who's your tip? Chiefs or Blues? Uh, I just find it hard to back against the Blues. I just feel like they've got a bit of X factor about them. But Caleb Clark was sent off, wasn't he, the other day? So he might, he be, suspe- he might be suspended. Um, what's the, what's the, is the line available yet? Yeah, line's 1.5. Oh, nothing. It's just, uh, I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs at home, got that third leg. Do you know what? You, you don't grow a third leg unless you're, you're in Perth, mate. That's, that's rubbish. You should know that. Um, I'm going Blues, and I'm also excited about the uh, Drua-Brumbies game. So I reckon the Brumbies might uh, rest a few of their players, and I reckon the, the Drua will be up for this. Still going for the Brumbies to win, but I'm excited. I think this will be a good game. On a Saturday night, 7.45, get the crowd in there at Suncorp. It's going to be a good game. It, it, you know, it's got the, the hallmarks of a rested Brumbies team, but now that they are six wins, the Reds are six wins, mate, you can't drop one, and they've got next week off. Mm. Am I right in saying that? Well, can I just say I was so you said it's a confident. I was like, good, that's good. Yeah, they shit. do. They do have next week off. They do have next week off. Wow. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they're going to be as keen to rest, but following that next week is when it's business time, mate. Round ten. We've got round eight this coming weekend. Round nine, round ten, business time, mate. That's when the two uh trans tasman conferences they clash richard and, uh, is, they merge in melbourne it's in too melbourne. soon yeah they merge in melbourne <laughs> yeah um look uh, you're right i reckon the fact that the brumbies have got a week off the following week, yeah that i take it back it might be a bit of a bloodbath um brumbies want to make a point after losing to the reds last week but i hope it's not i'm not gonna lie i hope i hope it's a good game still i'm gonna be positive it's gonna be a good game talk of the town says it's gonna be a great game that's what they say that's what they say. Um, but, look, that's awesome. Uh, just a few other things outside of rugby. We've got the F1 returning to Melbourne this weekend. Yeah, super excited. I You've like caught it. any of that thus far? Um, no. The time slot is terrible. I watch the highlights, but you don't really get uh, much of a uh, – You don't get the race high enough. No. But I've said that the, um, the, the closeness of the racing between Leclerc and uh, the Stappen. Like, I love how, how close these cars can now, now follow each other in the DRS zones and even not within the DRS zones. So that's yeah. good. However, I do like Mercedes and they suck right now. So that's not so fun. I also they like suck. And I also like McLaren and they also suck right now. So. The worst ever. 
It's well, good no. to see Haas. It's good to see Haas getting some points, mate. No, I'd rather McLaren or Mercedes, but but yeah, sure. It's good. It's good. Um, I'm excited for the F1 to be back in Melbourne. I went a few years ago. It's such a great track. It's uh, well, actually, no, the racing actually at the track when I went wasn't great, but overall, it's such a it's such a good vibe, and I'm glad it's been back because it's been a while. So yeah, excited yeah. for the F1. I've I've never been to it, but you know what? Ever since I watched the the Russian race um, last year, which was when I first tuned in, I just just absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, it's, I, I'm it's, super into it. I know it's it's a great. I think the fact is we have got characters now. It was just a bit sterile for a few years, but now you got the the young guns and Lewis Hamilton in there as well as the Flair and. Verstappen. And Verstappen's got a little bit of attitude. No, mate, he's got a lot of attitude, and so would I if I was as good as him and I was as young as him. Yeah, yeah, it, it's lights <laughs> out. He's he's quite good. Yeah, I know. But um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. Well, people in Melbourne, you got a great few weeks. You got the Grand Prix coming up. Um, you got some footy. The Super Round coming up as well. So uh, get down to Melbourne if you want to watch some sport. Yeah, anything but the Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go and watch something else. All right. Um, good to chat, mate. And thanks. Oh, good. For, thanks. And I will catch you in two weeks. All right. See you, bud. See you, mate. Bye.